Good morning, everybody. Thank you so much. Do you, how does it feel to have like such amazing leaders as Pastor Earl and Onika? Like, like, how do you feel like coming to one of the best up and coming strong churches of the nation with an amazing future? How does it make you feel like to get to be a part of all the volunteers, like, that greet you in the parking lot and at the doors and they take your children with a smile and they go teach them and share with them Jesus. How, how, I'm just saying, how does it feel to be part of something really significant and awesome that God's doing right here in the great Dallas, Texas area? Anybody happy about what God's doing in your church? Okay, we, uh, as Pastor Onika already mentioned, we are, uh, I, I grew up in the Midwest, and then the Lord sent us to the Northwest, and the Northwest is what we would call an unchurched region of the world. That means not very many people go to church, lots of heathens up there, um, which means that we got lots of work to do and plenty of candidates. But when I think about Texas and I come to Texas, I think, man, I'm going to God's country. I'm going to where everybody, like they're saintly, and either they go to church or their grandma goes to church or something. Like it's like like y'all y'all are you're born saved, or or something like that. I don't know. I just love coming to Texas, and I know it's really not that way. I know there's a lot of people that don't know the Lord, and that's why we're here, and that's why we get to be a part of this great church. But here's my family, just to show you real quick a little bit about. Um, my, my world, uh, yeah, that's my wife uh, of uh, 40 years, 40 years, I think. Onika, don't tell her I didn't know. I, I think it's 39 or 41, maybe, but anyway, that's, um, we got married when we were 12, and <laughs> my daughter, uh, Jody is our only child, and her and her husband, Ryan, pastor one of our campuses, and these are the most handsome grandchildren in the world. Uh, one is named Kyan with the star on his chest. He's nine years old, and this is Cody going crazy like he does with suspenders. He's a worship leader. Pastor Earl's trying to hire him right now, actually, to be a worship leader at your church because he gets a guitar out, and he just goes for it. Like, he's an amazing personality. Uh, he's such a personality that he's just, he's, he doesn't think before he goes, like he just, he just dives in. And so a couple days ago, he got two of his front teeth knocked completely out and had to have oral surgery to pull one of them up out of the gum and all that horrible, gross stuff. So, um, but now he walks around and his sounds funny when he talks. <laughs> anyway, pray for Cody. Um, but that's my family. That, that, that's my family, and uh, we love Jesus, and we love serving God, and we love building God's church. How many of you know God's doing something really special on the earth today in, in that he is building his church? Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. So church is not man's idea. Church really is God's idea. And I know a lot of people are frustrated with the church. I hope you leave here a little different than that today. If you are frustrated, a lot of people are frustrated with what goes on. But church can't be perfect because we all are a part of it. 
If you find a perfect church, don't, don't stay there because then it won't be perfect anymore if you stay there. Um, so church is not perfect because we have human beings involved in the process. But nevertheless, Jesus is doing, there's nothing you can do that's in more partnership with Jesus than building his church. People wonder, what's Jesus up to these days? This is what he's up to. He's building his church. And so that's what the big plan is. Like there, it's plan A, there is no plan B. Sorry, I mean, you may not like plan A, but hopefully you do. But because there is, there is no plan B, and God is building his church, and we get to be a part of it. So welcome from whatever location you're at today. We're glad that you are a part of our service. And uh, I'm about to open up a, a, a word to you and, and share with you what, what I feel like God uh, put in my heart for you as a church. And I want to preface it by saying this is, not, this is not what I would call a me message. This is a we message. So my, uh, my hope is that if, if you came just expecting something for yourself, I think you're going to get something, but it applies to the bigger picture. And my hope is that I can make a deposit in this church because this church has an amazing future. And God's up to something really special. Um, you're just getting started. Honestly, believe that with all of my heart. You're just get. I've been tracking with this church. I've been watching, and you keep outgrowing rooms, and more and more people want to come. And your pastors are full of energy and vision, and they're here on purpose. And so I'm coming to just make a deposit in the bigger picture of the we. And in the process, hopefully, the me is impacted. And you realize God's hand is on your life as part of something bigger than you. All right? So say with me, if you would, say, my heart's open. Come on, say it out loud. My heart's open. My mind's ready. Make me better, God, by your word. I receive it. I believe it. I won't be the same again. In Jesus' name, shout a great big amen. Amen. Okay, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5 is the verse we're going to begin with today, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5. And it reads like this. It says, you also like living stones. Living stones. Say that with me. Say, living stones. One more time. Living stones. I just want you to pop out. I want you to notice this phrase. Say it again. Living stones are being built into a spiritual house. We're being built into the house of God, a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So there are two contradicting terms that the writer is using to describe the house that God is building on the earth. This is speaking prophetically. So when it's written in the Bible, it's, re it's speaking of a day to come, which we are actually living in and a part of it right now. And he describes it as living stones. Now, you don't think of stones as having life. Am I right about that? Like, you think of a stone as having character, strength, and being something that you build with. But by the same token, you don't think of anything that is alive as having the character of a stone. So you wouldn't normally see these terms side by side, but it's not a coincidence, and that's what I'm hope, hoping to show you um, today, is it's not a coincidence, but there's something divine 
and something that was meant to be uh, in this writing prophetic of where we're living right now. So, so in fact, if you are, if you're thinking of something lively, then you realize that before you can actually build something with it, then you have to first take the life out of it. So the tree has to first be cut down. And then you can maybe have some wood that you can build a house. But you got to take the life out of it first. If you want leather shoes, the cow has to die. You can't, you can't just go say, cow, want some of that hide you got. It doesn't work that way. So you don't think of, of, of something lively as something that you can build with. Now, I want you to go to two other places in Scripture. We're going backwards in time. And in Joel chapter 2, there's a writing by a guy named Joel, and he, he says this about the future. He says, afterward or... In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all your people, on all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Now, to do this justice on behalf of all of the people who come from a background where the scripture was really the life-giving source of, I got I to do it a little different. It, it's like, in the last days saith God, I'm going to pour out my spirit. Yeah, I got some of, the, some of you are in the house right now. On all flesh. Now, now I'm getting a few amens. Like, uh-huh. Your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy. And your old men, they're going to dream some dreams. And your young men, they're going to see some vision. I know what I'm talking about right now. Okay, then you go, you, you, you go to another writer in the same era of time. His name was Isaiah. And Isaiah said this about the last days. Isaiah 2, he said, In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's temple will be established. The mountain of the Lord's temple will be, the house of the Lord will be established as chief among the mountains. It'll be raised above the hills and all nations will stream to it. So Isaiah is writing about a future where God would build a house where people would come to gain wisdom and understanding and they would be taught God's ways and they would be taught how to do life effectively, productively, how to live life God's way. There would be the, the settling of disputes in the house of God. There would be the proclamation of peace in the house of God, productivity in the house of God. So what's happening here is that there are two legitimate voices speaking about one era of time that is in the future when they're talking. And one of them is saying, in the last days... I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And the other one is saying, in the last days, the house of God will be established. And people will learn. And people will get understanding. And people will develop themselves with a wisdom and a guidance that comes from heaven. And you got two of these voices talking about a future time. 
and a future season. And, and, and then you've got, you've got this, these two kinds of people coming together as a church. So the lively people are the Joel people. And the solid as a rock people are what I'm going to call the Isaiah people. And I'm going to ask my helpers to come up right now. I've got a couple of helpers to help me illustrate this message today. We've got lively and we've got solid as a rock. Okay? We got li- everybody shout lively. lively. Say it again, lively. lively. And then we got solid as a rock. Say it with me. We got two kinds of people. So your name is Dave. Dave, you are no longer Dave. Thou shalt be called Joel for the next 25 minutes. Joel. Okay. Now, your name is Lance. Lance, you are no longer Lance. You are Isaiah. Everybody say, hey, Isaiah. Hey, Joel. (laughs) You guys ready for this? These guys are good sports. Okay, so let's talk about Joel people. Joel people are mostly subjective. So how they feel is how they interpret something. They're not real interested in data, graphs, evaluations, studies, procedures, structure. But they usually have no hesitation and no problem when it comes to entering into prayer, or praise, or worship. They are sensitive to the Holy Spirit. And so like, like when, you, when the band starts calling it, ah, I'm saying like they can do that like 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 that that's Joel that's a Joel person they walk in here and they lively like and a lot of them thank God they're out at the doorways and they're greeting you when you come in and they got that big smile and some some of you some of you are like what are you so happy about like they just they kind of do that they come alive around people and they love people and they love worship and they love but they are mostly subjective And they're experiential. Isaiah people, on the other hand, they are mostly objective. They're more objective than they are subjective. So these guys measure progress in literal, visible ways. They're they're more interested in building something than in a feeling. Okay. They're calculated. They desire understanding. They're usually smart, intelligent, heady. They are really interested in getting it right and making sure that the T is crossed and the I is dotted and that the parking lot spaces are organized. And it's not chaos when people pull in. (laughs) What we see God doing today is we see God, by design, bringing 
Joel together with Isaiah building a house of lively stones. Lively stones. You want to say it? Lively stone. Want to say it again? Stones. The challenge we have is in overcoming the conflict (laughs) and the tension that this creates and managing this so that we can form a house that honors God. Joel people, this is what the tension's all about. Joel people see Isaiah people as lacking life. It's like, man, why are you just looking at us like that? We are worshiping right now. <laughs> and 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 Joel people will see Isaiah people as if you're you're quenching the spirit. We're in here to sing. Like we enter his gates with thanksgiving. And we come in with praise. I mean, let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. We're not here to waste time. We are here to worship God. Joel looks around and says, you're not moving. You okay? Like you're just like staring. Isaiah, on the other hand, looks at Joel sometimes and is thinking like, man, you are wild. You somebody put a put a bridle on that. Like like that, you are flaky, nutty, fruity, loopy. <laughs> so the question is, who's right? Like who's right? Because here's how what we've been doing. We've been having churches where all the Isaiahs get together, and they like it all just like they like it. And nobody rubs them the wrong way. And you know those kind of churches. You know what I'm talking about. And then we got churches where all the Joels get together. And it really does come unglued. Like, like, and they like it like that. And that's what they want. And like that, and and, and Isaiah's come around, Isaiah don't hang out with Joel, and Joel's go around Isaiah. They don't hang. And we've been doing this for years, but that is not the plan of God. That that's not what God planned. That's not the house God's building. That's a house that man prefers. It's not the house that God is designed to be built on the planet that would reach people, help people, love people, care about people, that would be solid and lively at the same time. Are you with me? So we got we to gotta address the question, who's right? Like, like well, l- l- let me ask you like this. D- do you like to shower or brush your teeth? <laughs> somebody shout both. Come on, somebody shout both. Let, let, let me ask it another way. If you're going to go get an automobile and you're buying a car for you to drive, do you want an engine or do you want a steering wheel? <laughs> Talk to me, church. Both. So when it comes to the house that God is building, 
Like, we can't sit here and do this thing about who's right and who's wrong. We got to embrace all that God has planned, which is a house being built by lively stones. So I grew up in a Joel house, meaning I grew up in an atmosphere where there was a lot of freedom to worship. There's a lot of freedom to sing out and sing a song of joy. But I am by nature, I'm Isaiah, like by nature. I wanted to organize. I, 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 I want to know that we got, we, we, we've got it planned. There's a structure in place. Like I don't want it too, too crazy, too loose. And I grew up and I realized as I was growing and even being called into ministry, like, like I, love, I love this house, but I kind of wandered over and looked over the fence, and I saw some of this house. And I'm like, I like that too. I like the way, they, I like the way they're planned. I like the way that it's, there's some structure in what they do. And, 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 and then people started saying, well, what are you? Even when I went to pastor my church and start the church up in the Northwest, I remember the media the first time the guy came to interview me in the media in the newspaper, and he's like, so tell me, like, are, are you evangelical? And I remember going, yeah. And then he's like, well, are you charismatic? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. And what I was doing is I was, I was resisting a label. What I didn't know was I wasn't the only one resisting a label. That there were people all over the world that God was raising up. I'm really proud, by the way, of my generation of church leaders. Because something started happening in our hearts. And we didn't even know it. We didn't know other people were feeling the same way. But that, if you look around you right now, all around the nation and all around the globe, the allegiance is not to a denomination. And there's nothing wrong with a denomination. But God started doing something to where he started bringing us together. And, and, and people started saying, you know what? I, I love this about this, and I love this about this, and I don't want to be pushed in this corner, and I don't want to be put into this corner, and I don't want to wear a label because I feel like that God's bigger than that. And now we got churches just like Shoreline. <laughs> Come on, where, 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 where you, got, you got this thing going on and people are, are coming and being drawn and God doing something really, really special. So I, I could get all excited, but I want to stay in explanation Isaiah format right now. So, so let's, let's explain to you. Joel people can be way too subjective and way too superstitious. If you are on an extreme, for example, there's going to be God said gone wrong. Because you'll judge things, if you're not careful, based on your feelings. Now, I don't know your background. I don't know where you came from. But I think some of y'all are identifying with that right now. You know somebody like that. You have an aunt like that. And everything what God said, God told me, God, that good, good, wrong thing to say. Like, because if you just use that too loosely, like we got people walking around right now and that like, God told me I was going to marry you. Shut up. <laughs> that's how you, that, that's really how you stay single the rest of your life. 
A lot of what God tells you or you think God tells you, hold it in your heart. Go to your leaders. Talk to the people around you. Get some wisdom on it. Because sometimes you just, what you, you, that dream you had, it really wasn't of God. You just ate the wrong thing before you went to bed. <laughs> like, quit, quit going there and doing the cray-cray, like, in the name of God. Stop it. And that's the, that's the challenge with Joel people. I remember when I went first pastor in our church in this little community, and, and I woke up one morning, got out of the shower, and there's a, uh, there was a news flash live uh, from down in the middle of town, and a woman had climbed a tree and got up in the tree in her bathrobe, and then she couldn't get down, and so the fire trucks came and got her down, and the media was there on location, and when they got her down out of the tree, they had a microphone, they're interviewing her, and they said something like, you know, why, why did you climb that tree? And she said, God, God told me to climb the tree, to pray over the city from the tree. And then it's like, well, 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 how come you didn't come down? I couldn't get down. I didn't know how to get down. And I'm watching, and I remember staring into the TV screen, and I remember thinking in my mind, if you go to my church, please don't tell nobody. I remember, honestly, here I am, a young church builder. I'm thinking, don't mention where you go to church. But that's the challenge with a Joel, okay? Because a Joel can just think it's experiential. Everything is experiential. One thing that you can do if you're a Joel person, just to give you a little thought, is just don't speak too much Christianese. Like, try to speak as normal as possible. And you're in church, you know, you can use the thou and the shout and the King James version of your lingo and the, you know, Jesus said that about die. But when you're with people, Joel, Joelette, by the way, my wife is, is Joelette. Off the, that happens in marriage, by the way. When I'm talking to you today, it's very likely that in your marriage, in your marriage, one is Isaiah and one is Joel at the core. That, it's very likely. You know why? Because they are drawn to one another. <laughs> that, that, that's part of this message. You're drawn to one another. You know, opposites attract and then they attack each other. That's <laughs> kind of how we, we go. Because we need each other. Okay? We do need each other. And God does that like on purpose. My wife is Joelette. Like... She, she walks around the house and she's like, man, I just feel like, I just feel like the Lord is saying like we ought to buy. And, and, and I'm like, okay, wait, 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 slow down. Explain that to me. Tell me how we would do that. What does that look like? And we go through this, you know, fortunately I have enough Joel in my background and she's lived with me long enough that we don't attack anymore, we found out there's something better <laughs> to come out of that. But just for what it's worth, it's amazing how this happens. And what will happen if you're, if, if, if you're, if you're, don't, don't, uh, what I was saying is be careful not to speak too much spiritual kind of dialogue. Try to be normal. <laughs> Isaiah people can be, on the other hand, way too rigid, way too stiff, way too starchy, spiritually dry. 
like overthink, overanalyze, not listening or expecting the Holy Spirit to actually talk to them. The, uh, an Isaiah person, if they're not careful, they're not factoring in what God is able to do. And they're not factoring in that we are led by the Spirit of God. And, and they're, you know, I, because I'm in a Joel house, I am so thankful for the Holy Spirit in my life. And I'm so thankful for the guidance and the direction. And the, the, there are moments where, and, and I can't get into all of it, but I know moments where I had a thought or an impression and I acted on it. And sure enough, it just moved things forward in a dramatic, powerful way in our family or in our church or in somebody else's life. And I, you know, and I, I look back and I'm like, there's no way I could have been able, like, I'm not that smart. But if, if you're an Isaiah, sometimes you just miss it all together because you're not making room for the Holy Spirit to guide you or direct you. You're not, expect, you, you're not expecting to hear from God. So Isaiah people can approach church expecting too little experience. You know, they're like, they're like this. They're like, they come to church and they're like, okay, thought for the day. Him, I'm good. Like, that's good. Like, I'm fine. That's great. Little meditation, maybe. I'll close my eyes for that part. And I'm good to go for the week. They can approach church expecting way too little. Isaiah people, on the, or, I'm sorry, Joel people, on the other hand, they can come to church expecting way too much. They want to experience all of God in every service. Like they haven't been to church unless they cried, laughed, bounced a little bit, and had church. That's what I call church. <laughs> like, Joel people, like, I've been in services where we had a great worship time like we've had here this weekend, and I get up to speak, and I can tell, like, it's amazing. Like, they, they were bouncing around a while ago, and, and they're, in their mind, they're like, what you doing? God's in the house. We need to bounce a little more, clap a little more, sing a little bit. Why don't you just let it go? <laughs> That's a Joel. Just let it go. Let's have some church around here. And then, and then when I am teaching or speaking a lot of times, I look at the people that were bouncing a few minutes ago and hands in the air a few minutes ago, and they're like, I just want to go slap. You know, because that's what Joel, that's how Joel people are designed. Isaiah people, on the other hand, they're like, okay, with like I'll be there a little late. I'll be out in the parking lot. It's okay because the good stuff don't start for about 30 minutes. <laughs> good stuff's coming. I'm going to learn something. going to take some notes. They get a little crazy, like in the beginning anyway. And that stuff don't really matter, so we just like get here. <laughs> Joel people can have life life with no substance so they can have 
Like their life's not together. They can bounce around and sing and all that, cast out devils, but they can't clean their house. No sense of order. Troubled relationships. Isaiah people can have substance and no life. They, they're the ones who have built the great cathedrals around the world. And they build these architectural buildings that are amazing, and then they don't worship in them. And as a result, there's no life in them. So the crowd dwindles, and they go down to a few people. And in fact, in some of those, if you clap, you get escorted out. If you make noise, because Isaiah people can build these great cathedrals, but they don't know what to do when it's time to worship. So I just want to say to you today, if you come, if you come from an Isaiah house and you've come into a place like this and your family thinks you're, you've gone crazy because these people make noise and raise hands and all that, I just want to say you're, you belong. You're meant to be here. It may feel a little odd and unusual. And it's not what your parents or your grandparents did but you're not here by accident. And I want to say if you come from a Joel background and there's a little more formation and there's a little more structure and in your mind it's like, you know, it's like, come on, because you, you just want to push the envelope a little more into the expression-filled times. You're, you're actually meant to be here. Like God brought you here because you're supposed to be here. Because God is building a house of lively stones. He's building a house of lively stones. I said he's building a house of lively stones. And we're not here by accident. We're, we're, we're not just here, by the way, to tolerate one another. We're here to celebrate one another. And that's why I believe great things for the future of your church. And if you get a little irritated or a little frustrated and you're in Isaiah, and maybe you get your friend saying, yeah, they're so loud and so much bouncing around and so much this, and then they're having this prayer meeting and they're talking about the Holy Spirit works and the Holy Spirit, I don't know about all that stuff. If, if you're in Isaiah, how about you say, hey, wait, 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 and take up for the Joel. Cover them. Say, say, remind yourself, I don't want to be a church, I don't want, we don't want, none of us want, want to be a part of a church that is dry, starchy, has no life, has no expression, ha, has no joy of the Lord. If you are, if you are a Joel, would you please, like if your friends are like, yeah, just so much organization, just, just remind everybody, our children are safer because we have a plan. <laughs> we have security <laughs> next door. Our parking lot is more organized and things are better because there are some Isaiahs in the house who are thinking ahead and they have a plan and they have a vision and just stay in that place of tension. We belong in the place. Am I helping anybody today? We belong in the place of tension. And God is doing something great and powerful and significant right here in your house. That this, this message, I hope, can help you as you move along to stay united and stay together and remind yourself, I belong to a house of lively stones. Can we give the Lord a great big hand right now? Come on, there's some great things ahead for the house. 
Let's give these guys a great big hand. Thank you guys for helping us today. Amen. Okay. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for all that you are doing and have done in this house. And I thank you, God, for each and every person, every man, every woman who is here. And God, for your grace that's on us today. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you're making a difference in our lives. And that together we are better. We are better. We are better together. And by your grace, God, we will overcome. We will be strong. We will do everything you've called us to do to build the house of the Lord in this age. In Jesus' name. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Let me, if I could right now, just let me invite you. If you're here today and you say, you know what, I... Whether you have a church background or not, if you're here today and you say, you know what, I, God's at work in my heart. I'm not here by accident or coincidence. I really believe God brought me here. And you're a man, a woman, a young person, a couple who would say, I, I just want a new beginning in my life. I just want a new, fresh start in my relationship with God. If that's you, I want to give you a moment here. A moment where you will leave in right standing with your creator. And I'm going to invite you to pray this prayer with all of us and pray it from your heart if you would. And just say it out loud. Say it loud enough so you can hear yourself say it. And as you do that, heaven will hear your prayer. And heaven will answer your prayer. You ready? Let's all say it together. Say, Lord Jesus, welcome to my world. Come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sins and make me a new person. I receive you now as the leader and as the Lord of my life. I boldly declare I'll never be the same again. In Jesus' name. Here's what I'd like you to do. If you just prayed that prayer as a new beginning, either as a commitment first time or a recommitment of your life to Christ, I'm going to ask you, you I'm, I'm going to count to three when I hit three. Just raise a hand up in the air with courage and with boldness that this is your day of new beginnings. Are you ready? One, two, three. Just put your good hand. Wow. Hand, wow. Wow, wow, wow. Hands are going up. Come on, church. Let's celebrate brand new beginnings. Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the family of God. God bless you guys.